Well, we're still here, so let's talk about it. Yes, this is supposed to be another part of the Thanatology series, and you should be hearing that next installment right now, but death got in the way. I do not boast when I say that I kind of got knocked around a bit in the past couple of weeks. I had known of a friend who'd lost her parent a few weeks back. I did what I thought would be neighborly and sent her a card. I wanted to see her face to face, but we just didn't connect. Then we did. I asked how she was doing, and she told me that her other parent had died a couple of days before. My mouth dropped open. I asked to hug her, and she accepted my embrace. I had no words. Then we were able to talk a bit, and I let her explain the event leading to her parents' passing. I offered some help for travel, watching the house, etc. When it felt right, I left. Then another friend told me of her parents' death that morning. Then another friend had someone in the hospital that evening who died the following day. And then another call came to me, informing me of another death. How could I possibly continue my podcast series about death and dying and not acknowledge what was going on around me? That seemed like a callous ignorance of all this loss. Death interrupted my talking about death. It forced me to stop and pay attention. Then it occurred to me that I could use this very medium I have been using to discuss dying and death in a manner that might help me might help you process when death interrupts our day-to-day life. Let me share a story of life interrupted. I wanted to trim the geraniums. They were tired and their blooms were shriveling. (laughs) Man, I wanted to spend my Saturday deadheading those geraniums. And as I gazed out the kitchen window at those plants, complaining about the leaves dropping, I thought of my dad at the end of his road. Having been told there was no further treatment option available for his cancer, he was going to die soon. Precisely when, of course, we could not know. As I mentioned in a previous episode titled, My First Mistake, I recalled missed opportunities to really be with my mom. I can't say I'd learned from those missed opportunities from my mom's end of life. But that day, looking out the window, the thought occurred to me, that my dad did not have much time left. Those geraniums? They had old blooms, sure, but their stems and leaves were vibrant green and full of life. Life. For how long, I could not know. What I did know was that I needed to make the trip to be with my dad, to seek forgiveness and clarity, confirmation of his love for me, say last thoughts, hear his last pieces of life advice, and express my love for him. It was then... And I now still am so grateful that I did not let that opportunity pass me by. I carry that in my heart now. It is something I keep because I don't want to forget to take those opportunities to say what needs to be said, to see who I need to see, to sit with someone I care about or spend time with someone who needs my time, my attention, and my heart. Because we cannot know when they or I will be gone. We make plans, we go to work, we run our errands, we watch our kids at their sporting events and dance classes, all those activities that make us so busy. Life is so busy, with so many distractions. Then the phone rings. Then a friend is crying on the other end. 
A walk to the mailbox brings a neighbor looking so tired, knowing they've suffered so much loss and I have nothing to say that can take away their grief. Death is an interruption. It's the kind of interruption that stops all busyness, even if just for a second. For the one crying, so tired, so sad, filled with grief and a broken heart, it's way more than a second. It's a life turned upside down, a gaping hole where that loved one once occupied space. Their loved one's life had stopped forever. I am in the middle of my Thanatology podcast series, probably not even halfway yet, but grief interrupted me. As I took the phone calls, said the prayers, gave hugs, sent food or flowers, spent time with those folks to bring even the tiniest bit of comfort, my busyness was put on hold. This series was put on hold. I could not imagine going forward recording a podcast as though I had not received those sad pieces of news from these people I care about and the calls from friends and loved ones. There were so many interruptions this past two weeks, they began to feel like blows to my own heart my own mind. My mind became filled with thoughts of those I love and how I could be helpful to ease their burden, to take on tasks, or to bring a meal so that those would be fewer items they needed to think about in their own sadness with sometimes completely overfilled minds. Have you ever walked with someone who received that call out of the blue, sharing the shocking news no one wants to hear, that death interrupted their life forever? That loved one was not ill. They died suddenly, without forewarning. They were doing their life, running their errands, going to work like they did every day, until that day. If you have walked with someone in this situation, then you know how muddled their thinking becomes. Some cannot eat, shower, wash their laundry, or put sentence together coherently. They may take to their bed. They may plunge into work. We cannot predict how that sort of interruption will affect the ones we love. Will bringing a meal suddenly put their sadness into perspective or brighten their day? <laughs> Not likely. But we do these things so we can be helpful. We say words to try to be a comfort. In my experience, none of that works for anything. In fact, after my mom died, I felt myself having to say thank you when I didn't want any of it. I found myself comforting people for my loss. What was that? I was the one who just lost my mom. It seemed easier to accept the offers of help or tokens of love rather than explain why all I wanted was to reverse the clock and be where I was before she died. Is it better to know the death is coming? Maybe. It is still an interruption, much like when a baby is due to be born. We know approximately when that may happen, but the baby usually decides when it is time. Death happens that way, too. Sure, we have professionals who can determine a person's proximity to death, can tell when a patient is transitioning to active dying, and our obstetricians and midwives can do the same thing for a birth through the measuring of the cervix and timing of contractions, etc., but there is no guarantee that any of these factors will be 100% accurate. So we wait. We check in on the pregnant woman or the dying person, asking about their symptoms, how they're feeling, whether their appetite is stable and they're staying hydrated. I watch my parents breathing, read hospice booklets about symptoms, quiz the nurses after each visit, and I waited. 
Any slight change from the day before could have meant death was imminent. For me, it felt like I was halfway holding my breath. I stopped many normal daily activities and informed my employers and my kids' teachers that any day soon my kids may be absent from school and to be ready to provide their homework. On one particular day, I had been talking to a friend about my mother's situation, planning my next drive and arranging the childcare so that I could be away from home. A call came in. Interruption. A family member who had been briefly ill had died. Just like that. It was a blow. Boy, did I love that person. I had considered that person so special in my life. He was gone. I had spoken to him a couple of weeks ago prior to his illness. We were sarcastically joking with one another as we did. And then he was gone. That was it. Even the vigils at my mom's house were interrupted. This interruption was not welcome. But it came anyway. I had no choice but to stop, pay attention, and grieve that loss. I wish I could say I have tips for any of you who will be interrupted. I am so sorry that I do not. This is not the type of interruption I can take in stride, like when someone at work needs a report now before I complete the report currently underway. I have to stop, pay attention to what I've heard, and consider how to do the next thing, whatever that is. Sometimes I know, but not usually. Each interruption is different as different as each relationship. When the barrage came on in the past couple of weeks, I was forced to pay attention because of geraniums, because they would still be there even when my dad would not for much longer, because my mom begged for time with me and I couldn't give it. I've gotten better since then and continue to work at being better for all the interruptions since the death of my parents and other loved ones. It has taken a lot of time away from my work, my errands, my me time, and such, but for the one who has just experienced the death of a loved one, my interruption is like the geraniums. It is a small interruption in my life when the interruption my friend or co-worker or family member is experiencing is forcing them to stop and pay attention. They now must sort through the questions in their mind about how that relationship was for them. Maybe examine where mistakes or missed opportunities took precious time away from those relationships or rob them of the chance to reconcile a broken relationship. Ask clarifying questions. Say, I love you. Do you love me? I found myself grossly inadequate to bring comfort to all who were interrupted recently and I would be a megalomaniac to think I could be the only comforter to make a difference for someone in grief. So the best I could do, and can do, is to be present, pay attention, cook a meal, send flowers, or write a card. Sometimes that can be enough. Sometimes it can be too much. I hope I can tell the difference, and when I can't, 
I hope they'll understand and not feel they have to comfort me because I wasn't able to tell the difference. Lastly, to those people I care about who've lost someone special in their lives recently, my heart is with you. My prayers continue. I'm here to listen and sit when you feel ready. Thank you for sharing your life with me. Thank you for listening today. I will resume our look into thanatology next week. That doesn't mean grief stops, it just means life goes on, and I will work while I grieve and remember those lives that ended over the past couple of weeks. If you would like to discuss any portion of today's message, please reach out by email or put a comment on the website. I encourage discussion. This is why I talk to you each week. My topics are relevant to my life and how I talk about death and dying regularly, and I'd like to read whatever you might have on your mind about it as well. I'm thankful you listened today. Please visit my website and drop me a question or a topic for future discussion. Also, in the show notes, you'll find any reference materials such as names or book titles that I discussed in this podcast. Until next time, folks, take care.